Iran, Michigan. I don't even know what he's thinking. He's just a complete brickhead. Uh, Brady Kachunk. Thomas is my best friend. I got a lot of good looking dudes on my team. You just got nuked. I just them. I just them. We'll see. and welcome to episode Zach Smith of Elite Sense Brain. And yes, I said Zach Smith and not Danny Heatley. If Danny Heatley wants an episode named after him, he should follow me on Twitter like Zach Smith does. <laughs> Shout out Zach Smith. Um, anyways, uh, my name is Beata. And as always, I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Erickson Sperner. Uh, how's it going? I'm doing so well. Because I'm not even going to talk about myself at all. I'm so excited to announce that we have a very special guest on this episode. A celebrity guest, really. Literally a celebrity guest. Loki, I am the guest for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Because we are joined by the iconic Poppy. Hello. Wait, oh my god. This whole time I've been like, what I was going to say is, hello Brainiacs. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if you guys have a stand name yet, but that's what I came up with. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, Brainiacs, I love that. That's what we're going to call our fans. Because really, our fans are like the smartest people in the world. It I mean, we're the smartest people in the world, and then our fans are like second smartest. Yeah, it was between Brainiacs and Elitists, and I felt like, <laughs> let's go with the fashion one. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. You're literally so smart. You're already contributing so much to this podcast i love it yeah i'm rusty but i feel like i can i can get back into this exactly so for those who don't know um poppy do you want to tell us about your history with this podcast and why we brought you on here yes so uh beata and i used to co-host a podcast called this american life Uh, It was a lot of fun. I would say probably mildly hindered by the fact that Beata knows so much more about hockey than I do. (laughs) And also the fact that I have a terrible time keeping to a schedule. So um, that podcast kind of went the way of, I don't know, it went dead. (laughs) It went the way of the Chad and Luke podcast. (laughs) Yes. Like it's gone, but it lives on in some way, which is this podcast. I still get the Chet and Luke podcast uh, soundtrack, like not the soundtrack, the intro song stuck in my head constantly. I think about it a lot. Um, Yeah. So I used to be a co-host with The Smell Like in Life. And before that, for real old timers, for real millennials, um, for a while, I did Sensedrology on Welcome to Your Carlson Years on the blog. I did a couple of those. Um because astrology was really hip and cool at the time. And I think that's about all of my, oh, I think I I contributed to the one and only edition of Hockey Brunch, an iconic project for those in the know. Um, And I think that's it. (laughs) That's an extensive resume, to be honest. A lot of things that no longer really exist. All right. And, you know, we've now we, we've cleared it up. I know everyone was on the edge of their seats wondering what happens with this Amelnik in life. What happened between us? Are we still friends? Oh Did God. we have a, we get a you know, I, I just know that like people are sitting around like crafting elaborate narratives in their heads. I'm sure we're like that level of celebrity that everyone was wondering uh, what happens. I'm so sorry, guys. There was no beef. I literally just like got a visa, moved back to Canada, got a job got married, got a vegetable garden. That's my like 
last two years, basically. That's why I haven't. That's that's what happened. It was not Beata's fault. <laughs> I was even at your wedding. I know. An iconic, iconic day. <laughs> also for those in the know. <laughs> and yet you still call me your Imelican wife. I only have one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this is like... Okay, so obviously I'm excited to bring Poppy on for this reason, but also it's kind of iconic because before this Amelican life just kind of died out, we literally had planned to bring Erickson's burner on the podcast and like we hadn't even talked to her yet. We were just like, we want to know who she is. (laughs) So we got to bring her on. Um, And so there was like an episode that never happened, but now in a way it is like kind of happening because Poppy has come onto our podcast. Oh my god, this is literally the best reunion ever. It's mm-hmm. iconic. It's iconic. It's 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 the event of the year for beautiful women on Sans Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, oh my god, I was about to take control of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, like, ready to do a segue, right? Like, I was like, literally talk. trying to come up with a segue, and then I was like... <laughs> 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 no sorry you are technically the co-host you can't take over from Erickson's burner um I won't allow it no but I sorry, was gonna, sorry sorry I was gonna also say at that time when because I think after Beata you mentioned to me like oh yeah we were gonna have you on as a guest and I was like oh my god so starstruck because literally at the time I think I was just like tweeting to like no one like someone had me on their podcast like you were <laughs> we were like we didn't want to it's just that the podcast died i know and it was literally just like at you guys i was like someone please have me on their podcast i mean i do that in a way yeah again it's the same excuse i was just like i gotta know who you are yeah you really <laughs> did also yeah that was also like before like twitter circles existed so like in front of like and i wasn't even on private so, like in front of god and everyone i was just like begging someone <laughs> you were a real uh this american life reply guy in a way i literally was oh i was a huge stan i still am i get starstruck every time we record i'm like i can't believe she showed up <laughs> That's how I feel every time I see Beata too, though. That's what he has on the world. No, you have no idea when, when like the two of us decided to do the, to do Elite Sense Rain. The whole time I was just like, oh my god, I get to know who she is. I get to know what she looks like. Like this suspense has been building for so long because you're so mysterious <laughs> online. So I was star star starstruck too. Oh my gosh! Thank you so much this for saying like that. Such a, this feels like such a happy. Uh, I don't know how to. I'm, well, nobody can see what I'm doing with my hands, but a happy reunion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. What an iconic group, iconic meeting of the minds for all of us. By the way, so we were joking before we recorded this this um, episode about this thing that Poppy and I used to do on This American Life, where at some point, real fans will remember, I remember deciding that it would be funny for us to copy all those like really bro-y hockey podcasts where they always start out by being like what are we drinking boys and they like name what kind of beer they're drinking and so at the beginning of each episode we'd be like what are we drinking boys uh so we decided it'd be fun to go around what is everyone drinking today (laughs) starting with Erickson's burner oh my gosh honored to be going first today also for the first time I have a beverage I'm like chronically dehydrated so, like, I have one today. I have a matcha latte. 
Yeah, I had one this morning. Oh my gosh, iconic. Love that for you. Poppy, are you drinking anything? Yes. So I really wanted to have a celebratory beer for this podcast recording, but I have a ballet class afterwards, so I decided that was a terrible idea. (laughs) Um, So I am drinking a herbal tea that is like a blend of mint and lemon balm from my garden. And um, I'm having it with a cinnamon honey that I got at the farmer's market. I wish I could plug the honey guy right now but I forgot the name because it's really good <laughs> farmer's market honey it's the best. I love it. um so me I finally had an occasion to break out this thing that I received as a gift a while ago so um I think no it was my brothers who got me like a little cocktail mixer which is really fun like you know those little bottles of like stuff that you can mix with alcohol for a cocktail but the thing is they got me one that's like coffee flavored which I, you know, great for my tastes. I love coffee flavored drinks. I love coffee, but it's hard to find an occasion to drink like a cocktail with coffee in it because you're like, don't want to drink it in the evening, but also don't want to drink alcohol in the morning. So I finally, for this podcast, decided, no, I need like a little bit of coffee and also some like, you know, coffee liqueur stuff. Anyways, I made a cocktail out of it. So very fancy drink. I'm a little bit jealous now. Maybe I should cancel my ballet class. Mm-hmm. You should have. <laughs> I should have. Oh, never mind. Yeah. So anyways, uh, we were saying, you know, earlier, obviously, that we had, before this American life ended, we had this plan to have Erickson's Burner on the podcast. And specifically, the thing that we wanted to talk about on this, like, special episode with Erickson's Burner is we wanted to talk about posting and posting in the Ottawa Senators fandom and stuff. So we thought we could have like a, a little little mini version of that now that Poppy is here and we can all talk about posting. Yeah, I'm our favorite really, activity. <laughs> I'm really excited about this actually because I feel like in the time since we had that conversation, I have no idea what my original like plan was. Um, but I've I've come to think about posting a lot. <laughs> In the last couple of years, I've become a real advocate for like touching grass and logging off. Um, you could argue that like everything good I have in my life came from Twitter, but it's not always that good. <laughs> uh, yeah. By the way, she mentioned that she got married a while ago. She married Go Sends Go. Like, I, know. I literally I got married to the Sands. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> it was a shocking development for everyone. No. Um, yeah, so I've been thinking about posting a lot, and I feel like the landscape of sense posting has really changed over the last few years. Um, I remember when I, well, maybe I should first, Beata and I um, connected uh, originally because we got bullied in a Facebook group for sense fans, which will not be named. <laughs> I'm not even sure it exists anymore. I have no idea because, like, <laughs> I will say, to be honest, I was like 18 or 19 at the time and definitely in my era of like trying to be provocative as much as possible and trying to piss people off. And so like, in a way I did somewhat bring it on myself, but also like we did get bullied out of a Facebook group. We got bullied also in by people because they wanted to defend Kid Rock. (laughs) 
So, like, even if, like, Beata and I were being, like, mildly annoying, um, think about that. <laughs> Those guys bullied us and then kicked us out of the Facebook group because they were defending Kid Rock. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a, what a time. So, by, at that point, I already had a Twitter account. I came to Twitter pretty late, like, 2017, um, and the vibe was very different. It was, like, the alternate kind of fan base was there a lot of like normal people um but it was also mostly I would say still mostly men but mostly like liberals or like leftists and then I don't know I feel like since Twitter became bigger or maybe we just became aware of other parts of sense Twitter no I think since Twitter did become bigger because like as you kind of alluded to I feel like at that time, there were, Sense fandom was a lot more fractured, where it was like, you had the Facebook groups that were just very male-dominated, fairly right-wing, not exactly welcoming to women and minorities, whereas Sense Twitter was known at the time as, like, a much more welcoming space, not necessarily more diverse, but, like, definitely a safer space for women and minorities, right? I, having had conversations with um, Welcome to Your Calcineas, another icon whose identity is secret, um, mm-hmm. in conversation with him, like, he'd also said that prior to that sort of phase that we kind of joined Sense Twitter, maybe, that wasn't really the vibe. Like, it was a very insular, like, men, uh, like, male-dominated, kind of rough environment. Um at least that or the fan base on social media in general was. So I feel like we kind of got there in the heyday. We also, like, I joined Sense Twitter when the Sense were good, which is like, you know, <laughs> helped, I think, to grow it a little bit. And now it's so much bigger and it's so much more splintered. Um, I will not be naming names on this <laughs> podcast episode. I have no desire to become cancelled. But I feel like it's become both way more diverse, way more young, and also just like... Um, I don't know, it's just like that part of Sen fandom that was um, trying to find a good way to describe this. I will name one name. Uh, Mark Mathot fan adjacent. <laughs> and I'm talking Mark Mathot since he started posting. Um, that portion seems to have kind of grown as well. Or again, maybe the fact that Mark Mathot started posting just drew them all out. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so I feel like the nature of sense posting has become so much more than it used to be. Yeah. It used to just be like 300 people, <laughs> feels like. It was probably more than that, but that's what it felt like, you know? Um, but yeah, so I feel like the nature of sense posting has changed. Also, the relationship we have with Twitter has changed. It used to be fun. Now everybody's like, this place sucks. Also, like, controversial take. Why is anyone trying to grow their Twitter, like, following when it's a dying <laughs> platform what are you doing babes so true. <laughs> like unless you have something to promote like just just chill like it's it's for bagel posting i think erickson's burger has this figured out it is for bagel posting now exactly <laughs> yeah and i feel like don't worry i'll bleep out the name oh, yeah, but... um yeah, you joined Sen's Twitter at like an interesting time because you joined right when it was 
starting to grow beyond that like initial group of Sims fans uh, that Poppy and I were part of. And yet it was also at a time when like, you know, we talked about this a bit on an earlier episode with Julia where like that, you know, general hockey fandom that was a lot more welcoming and inclusive and diverse that kind of side of hockey twitter was growing at the same time so like what was your like i don't know relationship with sense twitter early on specifically Mm -hmm. so i was like kind of also on canuck twitter at the time which like Everyone has to forgive me for it. Like, it was 2020. Like, I, I didn't know what I was doing. Phase two. People know this. Yeah. We have so much in common. Yeah, that's fun. Like, there's no shame. Yeah, true. It's also, like, informed my entire, like, Twitter appearance because it's, like, my at is, like, a reference to literally Louis mm-hmm. Erickson. And then also my, like, profile picture is Christiana. But anyway, so, yeah, I was on Connects Twitter and also Sense Twitter because I was, like, I'm also a Sense fan. And honestly, like, I didn't really see any bad part of it until I'd been there for a while because like the only people I knew of were like you guys and like literally Ian Mendes and I think that was everyone I think I also I love knew... to hear that yeah exactly I think I oh I also knew of Finnegan's Ghost I don't even know if that's mm-hmm. still his... yeah but yeah Frank Frank Senators I knew of and then like everyone I found I just found through those people so like I never saw like that's the way to go yeah exactly so I never saw anyone like annoying or mean until I'd like been there for a while and like I mostly saw it through references of like this person has me blocked so I'd be like oh who's that (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah and then I think I was just like having a fun time like posting all my bad sense takes because that's how everyone has no they were genius yeah exactly um and then yeah I think I don't know why I like and then I I don't even know how it happened where like I think it just started growing more and more especially like with the pandemic I think just a ton more people started making a Twitter account because that's like why I made a Twitter account because I was very bored yeah and then I kind of I think then it's kind of like I would tweet just like very obviously like silly things that like weren't like a real take or anything and then I'd get like replies of people being like you're in, like, you're stupid and I'd be like well like sure <laughs> and I think that's where I mostly saw like the toxicity or whatever yeah. it's just people being like like obvious jokes and people being like do you actually think that it's like no no, <laughs> <laughs> no I totally I totally see that and it does I mean I don't want to say that like five years ago like the platform was better because I do remember there was like I would say every six months like somebody would beef about the most ridiculous thing mm-hmm. like people would be like oh my Erickson's Vanner you did not li- live through the trenches of attendance Twitter <laughs> <laughs> like, friendships ended houses were burned down you know like everybody was so like oh my god it was so crazy like some people were like, you're not a real fan if you're, like, buying tickets while Eugene Melnick owns the team. And then other people were like, um, you're not a real fan if you're not attending hockey games. And then other people were like, who the fuck has the money for a season ticket? Like, it was so crazy. And people took it so seriously. I have no idea why. Who gives a fuck? But they were like, oh, it's, like, so embarrassing. Our team is just, like, we don't have enough attendance, etc., etc." And so... Um, yeah, I feel like attendance Twitter really like tore lives apart. <laughs> oh 
my god it was so crazy and like now I think people still do like beef all the time I think and maybe this is just who I'm seeing on my timeline because obviously like it's so curated as well um I think that now a lot of people who are beefing are like beefing about like you shouldn't call your wife a bitch on Twitter, <laughs> like, that. like you know which obviously I have always stood by this wife rights wives need to be treated better um so true this <laughs> is so real um but like I I don't think that or like I said, maybe I'm just not seeing it. I don't think that like the huge blow up fights that I'm seeing are just about whether or not you're a fake fan anymore. In a way, it's almost nicer because it's like your friends aren't beefing with each other anymore. Now your friends are beefing with people you don't like. (laughs) Yeah, like it was genuinely so real. Like sometimes I would just be like, guys, like log off, like talk to your girlfriends, like go outside. You have a kid, you know, like go raise your kid. Like, why are you arguing on Twitter with some guy about attendance at a sports game? Like, who gives a shit? But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's definitely become more, like, political and, like, personal, which is good and bad. I don't know. It's funnier to dunk on people. I know at some point we talked to Ian Mendez about this as well on our Rest in Peace, this American Life. But, like, you know, there, there's good and bad stuff about that, right? Like, it's fun to dunk on people, but it's also, like, not effective in any way. Like it's, you're not going to change their minds by dunking on them on Twitter. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that's a thing that I've had to kind of learn as I've grown up on the internet, you know, like it's, it's very embarrassing that like I was so online in my teen years, right? Like I had that podcast when I was 18, 19, right? Um, very embarrassing. <laughs> no, not everything about it was embarrassing. But like at the time, I was very big on dunking on people. And it's like eventually you just have to realize you literally get nothing out of it. It just makes you angry. It makes everyone else angry. It exposes all your followers to really shitty takes. Like it's it's just not helpful. And so, yeah, a few years ago, around the time of the pandemic, I kind of, I guess, because I got more followers and started to like get recognized a bit more. I just became a little bit more aware of that, but also was just growing up and like changing my attitudes about online. And like these days, I literally do not interact with people I don't follow. Like outside of very, very rare circumstances, like that is just a personal rule that I have. I don't at least publicly quote tweet dunk on people. Um, (laughs) You know, like I I always keep it in the DMs or in Twitter circles. I'm not going to like publicly go after people because it just, it serves zero purpose at all. And I've realized that like, And yeah, I also am very liberal with a block button because I've just realized that like curating your own space is so much more important. Like, especially when you think about it as other people where you're like, I don't want my friends to see, you know, really shitty replies in the replies to my tweets, right? I don't want them to have to be exposed to these really shitty takes. I'd rather just like have a a safe and welcoming space, which is so opposite of like what my Twitter presence was a few years ago. Yeah, but it was also just the vibe. Like, you guys know the, like, TikTok audio that's like, stop, that was Coachella 2014. Yeah. It was, was the vibe. vibe at the time. Yeah. Like, that's exactly how I feel about, like, Twitter, like, five years ago. Um, and just the, like, public discourse surrounding kind of, like, how do you interact with, like, bad takes. At the time, everybody was like, you have to be so aggressive about it. Otherwise, you're not, like, a good ally or whatever. I don't know. Um, I still obviously um, I have Mark with Thought blocked uh, I'm actually not a very liberal blocker so I'm actually probably the opposite from you detrimental to my personal health maybe um, 
I don't block a lot of people. I am not blocked by a lot of people. To this day, I am not blocked by Bruce Gary. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. By the way, you guys can happily bleep anyone who I'm mentioning. Like, I'm not going to mention, like... We're going to bleep out Ian Mendez. We can't <laughs> have him mentioned here. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to say the names of, like, normies, right? Like, these are, like, public figures. I think it's pretty common knowledge that Bruce blocks everyone. Except for me, because I'm a perfect angel. Um... <laughs> I do have Mark My Thought blocked because one time I was like, climate anxiety is real. And then all of his followers like came from my ass. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I was like, I don't want this guy seeing my tweets. This is annoying as hell. Um, and also like, it kind of stops me from seeing every time he complains about his wife, which is like, <laughs> keep that like in the DMs. What the fuck are you doing? That's so crazy. Um, like, if my husband went on twitter.com and said, God, gotta hang out with my bitch wife tonight. <laughs> we would, what? <laughs> How, like, that, I'm gonna start posting that. Next time so I'm in Ottawa, next time I'm in Ottawa and we hang out, I'm gonna be like, oh God, gotta hang out with my bitch Amalekan wife. Like, <laughs> uh, gotta do this apparently. Yeah, like, I don't know. I just don't understand how you have, like, a healthy marriage when you're tweeting shit like that. Like, oh, God. Um, so, yeah, like, that's the kind of thing where I'm just like, okay. Um, I also, I I know there's, like, the tab on Twitter that's, like, you only see tweets by people you're following. Uh-uh, not me. I see all the recommended tweets. Like, I'm always seeing the worst takes that anybody's ever had in their lives because I think they're really funny. And then I, like do like discourse about it in my head and then I like I'm really annoying for about two days I'll be like Mike I saw this tweet and then <laughs> like go off this is another thing that happened over the last two years I read the second sex by Simone de Beauvoir and <laughs> unbearable <laughs> I love as someone with a gender studies degree I love that the second sex is the thing that's just made you like radicalized oh my god like I mean I like took a lot of like detour but like I, I did take like a lot of like gender and religion classes in university and stuff like that and like obviously like um some like gender studies adjacent courses but then I did like a course by my brilliant friend who will not be listening to this probably because I don't think he's ever watched a hockey game in his life um but he was teaching a uh, like summer course through the university that he taught at on the second sex so we had this like every week we got together and we talked about the chapters we read and yeah it changed my it changed my life read the second sex by if you get anything out of this podcast <laughs> read the second sex by Simone de Beauvoir <laughs> I love that she has some problematic takes but I swear it's worth it <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah so anyway posting um I consume the worst content online which is probably why I've become so obsessed with reading about like art impulse to post and all of this stuff um and uh it's bad guys it's a real brain disease and I think you can see it in people like Mark Mathal posting why are you posting King you have a podcast you like go on tv and talk about hockey like there is no need for you to post takes online you have a gazillion dollars I'm assuming he's made more money than I'll probably ever make in my life and like you have a house like you have kids, you have a wife, like go outside. You know what I mean? And yet the impulse to post is an inherent human trait. Like I was listening to a tweet that was like, celebrities can have everything 
accept respect on Twitter. That is the one yeah. thing that we have the power to deny them. Yeah, I think it was about like Chrissy Teigen or something. But yeah, yeah it applies to Mike Mathot a lot. Well, I think like uh, Erickson's Brown has said in like an episode, a few episodes back, it might have been that like the public space doesn't exist anymore. We just have Twitter now. And so like, if you're just like a wealthy person or anyone really, like you can't go to like your town square and yell like, <laughs> why is annoying? Like you have to go on Twitter, especially during the pandemic. And like people have become so obsessed with the like feedback. Um, it's fucked. Also, every time we do this, I hate to say it guys, we're doing free labor for Elon Musk. We're doing free labor for Elon Musk. <laughs> We are generating the value on that website. <laughs> true. It's sadly so true. But yeah, I feel like I like, I feel like calmed down a lot on Twitter. I think in the past few years, I feel like I used to just be like, so like, whenever I saw a bad take, I'd be like, I need to post about this right now. And like, I do joke about it. But like, truly, like bagel posting is the happiest <laughs> I've ever been. Like, I think the only way to like, actually have a good Twitter experience like now is just tweet about whatever you're enjoying or anything Mm -hmm. and then also just like be either on private or just like block everyone who is not like being like supportive of your like bagel journey or whatever like it's like otherwise it's the most miserable time but now just like once a week or whatever I will tweet like everything bagel toasted with cream cheese and everyone just likes it and it's like yeah and it's amazing that's the only it's way a bit to of joy it's yeah so exactly. good. no and that's exactly kind of how you need to treat it like now i'm like look at my round cucumber that i grew like i love that cucumber i ate it for lunch today and it was succulent it was crazy <laughs> exactly like, i was gonna say yeah you have bagel posting poppy you have your like garden posting it's wonderful um, i love those tweets it's the kind of thing where it's like I feel like you can only do that kind of posting once you've acquired an audience, right? Like once people know you for another kind of posting, then it's kind of funny and ironic to be like, ate a great bagel today or like, yeah. here's what I got out of the garden. I yeah, know. I feel like you have to like fight in the trenches um, mm-hmm. for a few years and then you can like retire and just bagel post. <laughs> I've been using Blue Sky like that. I've been posting just like, like not to brag, um, I'm on Blue Sky now. <laughs> not that like, yeah, it's not as exclusive as it was when I first joined. Um, but, you know, I just go on there and I'm like, Percy Jackson, man, <laughs> right? Like, um, I feel so my like, because I know that like Twitter is like rotting my brain. I know I, I actually like actively want it to die because I don't have the desire to like get a new platform. Um, and so I feel like this part of me could just disappear maybe i'll actually start writing a substack like i've said i would for like four years maybe i would think my thoughts through maybe i would become a better woman probably not but you know <laughs> we all have dreams um so i feel like i just i just want the app to go away like <laughs> it's so sad it's actually so depressing like my relationship with social media is so bad in the case of twitter instagram's fine the algorithm just isn't good enough to hold my attention um tiktok i had to delete because it made me too insane (laughs) (laughs) yeah well it's i know it's complicated and it's also weird how like uh this sounds so conceited and everything and tons of people are gonna be like oh you're bragging by saying this but 
Twitter also gets so much worse once you have a following. Um, and I don't know, even, you know, we talked about Sun's Twitter getting so much bigger and so many people recently have been like, isn't it great that Sun's Twitter has gotten bigger? Like, isn't it great that these big accounts have shown up and like grown Sun's Twitter? And I'm always like, no, it actually sucks. Like, <laughs> you know, Poppy alluded to this, like a few years ago, Sun's Twitter was definitely not perfect, but it definitely had more of a fun vibe. Like, I think, yeah, it was mostly white men, but it was also, as you said, a lot of white men. Like, <laughs> it was a lot of like leftist white men um, who, at least, and I said this in our like episode of Flyers Twitter when I was talking about um, Radic Bonk and the Bonk's Bullet account, where I was like, I actually think that, you know, it was really cool that a lot of the big accounts around that time were able to make jokes that were not, I hate my wife or like, you know, punching down at some minority group, right? Like, they were able to make jokes that weren't just, like, racism, right? Um, which is a, a very, very low bar to clear. But in hockey, that's actually, like, yeah. kind of rare. Um, and so I feel like we were able to have a fairly fun space. Like, I used to be able to just tweet, you know, why don't we meet up at this bar at this time? And yeah. people would show up and it would all be fun yeah. and cool people. Beata, what the fuck? Like, we used to do that. We used to literally just be like, yeah, we're all going to be at this place publicly. Literally. And, you know, I guess, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, public event in public. So it's like a little bit less scary if you know that you're going to be in a public space. But still, we would literally do that. And now I'm like, oh, my God, if I did that, like somebody would show up and try to kill me. <laughs> like, I just like, it's not even that. It's just like, I literally don't. I love meeting strangers, but like, I not I, I just I don't know, like, I feel weird about putting that out there, like, yeah. oh, by the way, you can come find me here, like, if you hate me, <laughs> you know, like, um, yeah. not that I have many haters, because, again, I'm unproblematic, but, like, um, it's, uh, it's definitely, like, it was just a different vibe, the thing was also, like, you were tweeting, like, yeah, uh, okay, I cannot really say anything, because I have not increased my follow account in, like, four years, <laughs> <laughs> like Valid. the petal stayed that's uh, my fan's name yeah. um and everybody else left and uh my follow account does not increase really so it's not like i was like telling the world you know but i still just wouldn't do that these days i'm so like i'm so much more guarded about you know where am i gonna be what am i gonna do no just- i found that like you know obviously it's it's good for the ego sometimes when you know, the community grows and more people are aware of who I am. But it's also so stressful because, like, so many people have made it very clear that they hate me. Um, and, like... Which is crazy. I guess, wow. Yeah, and I guess, like, being a writer on Silver 7 means that a lot of people are aware of me, even if they don't like me. Like, they don't follow me on Twitter or anything. They still know who I am. And it's, it's like... Obviously, it sounds like I'm bragging, but it's truly so stressful every time that I get like recognized in public or things like, you know, my parents will have people approach them because of their last name and be like, are you related to Yada? Or, you know, when I started a new program, uh, I was in a discord channel with a bunch of incoming students and one of them recognized me. And it's like, once you become aware that like you're recognizable in that way, it just becomes so, so stressful to like just exist. And, you know, every time I start a new job, I'm like, what if somebody recognizes me? Right. And like, if they like me, that's fine. But what if they're one of my haters? Right? Maybe, they, maybe, maybe I work with a bunch of my haters and they haven't told me because they hate me. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. It is like a weird vibe. Mm-hmm. I can I I can say that I do not envy the fact that you like have a larger following cuz mm-hmm. like I don't know, like like I said there's not I don't have that many followers and I feel like most of them are just like, oh, there's her cat ham again, like okay girl <laughs> I, feel like I wish people would just not perceive me unless they like me like if you like me you're allowed to recognize me and know who I am but if you don't just don't perceive me like mm. you know forget that I exist please because it's really stressful and so yeah that's the thing that people don't understand about like why it kind of sucks for a lot of us that Sun Twitter has gotten so much bigger right that like so many more people are on Sun's Twitter now and so many people have or posting and aware of the big names and stuff because you're like actually that's that's actually kind of dangerous for some of us and just generally very stressful because it means so many more people aware of who we are and like Ottawa is such a small town <laughs> so like you know in danger of encountering us in person yeah I mean in Ottawa especially like you don't really need you don't really need like any kind of public platform to have like two degrees of separation from anyone in the city (laughs) oh my god okay we can take this out of the episode if you don't want this here but like she showed up on my facebook people you may know and we had four mutual friends with like nothing in common with each other four people that we both knew all from different places literally the most ottawa thing ever because also it was just like oh yeah i like went to middle school with that person you played hockey with and it's like yeah, yeah. this is very ottawa or it was like oh yeah this person that you're like really close with is like best friends with my middle school best friend just like like we were truly so close to meeting each other in person yeah. before like, we knew each other online <laughs> yeah i kind of love that about this city though like as someone who and like immigrated and didn't really know anyone in the city it was kind of iconic because you know like five people you know the world you know like you got introduced to a lot of people um but yeah it's kind of I can understand why like there's always also the risk of like running into your enemy which has happened to me Mm -hmm. (laughs) I am like so iconic though I have this ex-girlfriend who I have not seen literally since we broke up wow and I know that she's still in Ottawa. Like, I know she's still around. I know we have multiple people who we both know. But somehow my vibes are protecting me. <laughs> Damn. No, I, like, I, I wish, yeah, I wish that was me. Because I have not kept in touch with, like, anyone from high school. Because I was just, I was very cringe and embarrassing in high school. Lots of you followed me on Twitter while I was in high school. <laughs> I, I wasn't cool. And I, like, truly just kind of cut ties with pretty much everyone. And yet... Like, I'm on the bus, and I find some old high school acquaintance. And, you know, a lot of them I'm not on bad terms with. It's just, like, I was a different person back then. And, oh, I I didn't think they wanted to keep in touch, so I didn't keep in touch with stuff. Or, like, recently I, like, reconnected with an old high school friend at a protest at my university. And not even in Ottawa. (laughs) Like, you know, or, like, I, I went to a housewarming party last year for a friend in my program. And, like, her girlfriend went to high school with me and knew a bunch of people from my high school who now lived here. Like it was, it's just, it's inescapable. Yeah. And the Ottawa to Montreal exodus is such a huge thing as well. Like, well, okay. Especially if you went to a French art school. Oh my God. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially if you're a French girl and it's just, 
Inevitable. Yeah, it's wild. I yeah, don't know why I ever got on Sen's Twitter knowing what Ottawa is like. But of course, at the time, I was like, but everybody who wants to follow me on Twitter is gonna be is gonna think I'm cool. Like, why would yeah. anybody hate me? I'm just a little guy. I just post <laughs> my little jokes. Like, yeah. And, and of course, I was you know when I was first starting out on Twitter, I was like always like, oh, anybody who hates me is gonna like be a really shitty person like super right wing and I you know won't like them for that reason so I don't care what they think and I think that was my attitude when I was going after people all the time where I was like oh well if you hate me it's because you're like super right wing and terrible and I don't care what you think but then as you're on Twitter a lot you realize that there are just so many people that are just like a little bit shitty <laughs> or who like you know are, are fairly left wing but just think that you go too far with your activism or who are like yeah don't realize that they're low-key kind of sexist um or just yeah have this idea of you that you're like a really you know aggressive really mean person who's constantly talking shit because I get that now because because years ago I think I think at least in my head I'm like because years ago I used to be so aggressive on Twitter now people think that I'm like at the center of every bit of drama like oh my god every time someone is like starting drama online there are always going to be people assuming that I'm behind it somehow which is just so nerve-wracking because I'm like you guys just have this version of me in your head and you don't realize that when you start being mean online (laughs) (laughs) it comes back see this is why I'm unblocked by everyone because i am unproblematic that's not true i am blocked by are you saying i'm problematic no (laughs) (laughs) i am blocked by redacted um inside (laughs) oh do i have a story about that one (laughs) (laughs) um but like aside from that i don't even know why like i literally didn't do anything (laughs) but Sometimes just being associated with me and, okay, let's be honest, I'm bossy. <laughs> Sometimes that's enough. Oh my god. But yeah, um, I guess we should start talking, like, a little, to just sort of circle back on, like, posting. <laughs> I don't think that, like, Twitter is, like, evil or whatever. And I guess that's kind of the main thing that we're talking about. Because, like, I uh, don't care about Reddit except for the Caroline Calloway subreddit, which is people were nice to us on Reddit recently. As in six months ago. Yeah, six months ago. I was like searching my app, which I do periodically to make (laughs) sure that like, because not in like a a self-absorbed way, literally just to be like, do people hate me and are posting about me on other platforms? And do I have to be aware of this? (laughs) Yeah. And so people were saying nice stuff about us on Reddit like six months ago. So shout out to you guys. We've always loved Reddit. (laughs) Famously, we've never said anything bad about Reddit. (laughs) Listen, I have, I don't, I don't spend much time on Reddit. Um, I'm not gonna, I unfollowed all of the senators, players and wives and girlfriends, except for Igor Sokolov <laughs> and Artem Zub's wife. Um, problematic of me to not unfollow the Russians. I guess you could probably cut that out. <laughs> Listen. No, you kind of follow Zach Smith as well. I'm he follows me. He is, he is the one unproblematic Ottawa senator because he follows me on Twitter. Okay, that's, here's the thing. I have to continue to follow Igor Sokolov because of um, Happy International Women's Day to all the beautiful ladies out there. Yeah. That was very iconic of that him. That was so iconic of him. Um, but yeah, like I unfollowed like a, anything basically sense related on Instagram. Um, so I just have Twitter really. And like, 
I'm always like, this is like the bane of my existence. Why am I on this platform? But I did literally like uh, pull myself out of like a depressive episode with like friends who I <laughs> met there and like met my husband there. Mm-hmm. And like, um, I actually met the person who introduced me to like the couple that we live with on Twitter. So like, I feel like it's been good, you know? Yeah. Well, the vibe has been good. You know, I mentioned that people like, hate you because of your association with certain people on Twitter and stuff but I think what people maybe don't realize when they see the like quote-unquote like clickiness of Sun's Twitter is that we're not in group chats all talking shit about certain people on Sun's Twitter we are in group chats talking about like things that are happening in each other's lives like a lot of us have become real life friends on Twitter and you know sometimes our lives don't revolve at that point when we are like real life friends we're not talking about twitter drama all the time like we're not all ganging up on certain people on twitter we're no, like actually at each other's weddings and working together and you know stuff like that yeah i feel like it's yeah like the clickiness is literally like sorry you mean my friends <laughs> like that's not a it's <laughs> not a click that's literally my friend group um i do agree like a lot of a it's just like at this point we're just like literally personal friends with a lot of people right like mm-hmm. I play I am on a culling team with a bunch of people that I met through on Twitter and like um yeah like probably half of our wedding was people who we met it was actually really funny yeah because it was like there was a whole group of just like sense twitter people because obviously yeah both like both poppy and her husband they met on sense twitter they're both on sense twitter so we had like a whole group of sense twitter people and then we had like his like what does he even work in his friends who are in like a very like traditional boring like job yeah. <laughs> we're all like in suits and stuff and like looking very professional whereas we're just talking about I how mean, the sons are going to win the cup listen they were the groomsmen so they had to be in suits okay okay <laughs> yeah. yes they were all the groomsmen, but like of, generally they cool. were like two sides you know yeah i mean there were definitely like people who uh we knew in other ways as well it's true it was funny it was like a funny crowd um the event of the century obviously to everyone we called it the um, royal wedding and it was because the other royals like <laughs> you know get rid of them etc etc um yeah so you know there's there's good sides and bad sides of posting but i do think that like as a society <laughs> i think we're kind of getting to the um or maybe that's not true maybe i'm I'm projecting, but like kind of reaching the limits of the benefit it can have and getting to a point where it's like, I don't know, like mostly now it's just like people yelling at each other for like the most insane thing in the world. And then like mm-hmm. some guys complaining about their wives and like, I'm obviously anti that, but at least we seem to have gotten out of attendance Twitter. So I'll take, I'll take the win, you know, and I will continue to post and I will continue to uh, look at the bagel posts. So <laughs> You know, that's what I want to see. So that was our sort of mini version of the This American Life episode that never happened about posting. Hope you all enjoyed. But um, as longtime listeners of specifically This American Life will know, so Amelnicans, as they would know, mm-hmm. um, Poppy and I, our podcast was known for one specific thing. You know, even though we would talk, we'd have fun talking about the sends, we would have our silly little jokes, 
we you know would talk about serious social issues and stuff we did a lot of stuff on the podcast our podcast our branding was really like defined by one minute in every single episode poppy do you want to explain what this was (laughs) okay um a long time fans and petals and the melnicans will know about the mascot minute beata and i inspired by our good friend mike and some other people (laughs) who were like sorry guys for like blowing up your spot but um we uh started writing mascot fanfic um not just not just any fanfic like rated e it was pretty like so here's the thing i remember the most explicit mascot minute we ever wrote because i came up with something so disgusting that like it haunts me to this day and after i got that out of my system i think i like i i think it cooled off (laughs) (laughs) but just for like those not initiated not in the know skip like 30 seconds if you don't want to hear this bad fact about gritty but we decided that gritty's huge uh belly button functions somewhat like a cloaca By we, she means just her. <laughs> yeah, anyway, okay. Uh, everyone who skipped, you were, you were right to do so. What I remember is that I uh, is that you wrote it and you just kind of texted me like, oh, I, I wrote the mascot minute for this week. And I read it and just like kind of couldn't believe what I had just read and just texted <laughs> you like, in all caps, Poppy, what did I just read? <laughs> I think this is like genuinely the most unhinged like moment and I was thinking about this today I feel like the mascot minute like really reflected my psyche (laughs) and I don't say that I think it comes from multiple places a I have never been a fanfic reader or writer so I literally like didn't know aside from like when I was a teen on tumblr sometimes it would like come on my like timeline mostly like harry potter fanfic aside from that like I never seen any I think one time I went on my friend's podcast about fanfic and I read a fic for it and like that was it like I didn't have a lot of relationship like relationship to it so um when we started writing these it was just like so fun and silly and stupid but like during the pandemic when I was separated from my husband and like living back at home and like really isolated I just started writing these like increasingly yearning mascot minutes god it's so embarrassing i was i was listen like we were like the jane austens of mascots (laughs) so you know our mascot minute basically it was went for one minute in every episode right in the middle we would read out a uh fanfic about Mm -hmm. mascots there was only one episode where we did not do a mascot minute and that was the one where we invited ian mendez or rather he like asked to be on the podcast and we thought about it and we were like we can't do this we we cannot put like mascot erotica in an episode with ian mendez and that's but he did tell us a mascot story so it was fine yeah oh that's true yeah it was a little bit mascot themed but um yeah and so it kind of followed like a a an overarching storyline over the course of the mascot minute uh and of course sparta cat was the main character because it was a sense podcast and so mm-hmm. you know sparta cat had many lovers over the course of our podcast uh in our imaginations in the mascot minute he 
you know, Lee opened uh, with with him and Carl's and the Bear, who's a big enemies to lovers kind oh, of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at some point, I, I feel like I can't remember if this was actually on the podcast or if it was just in our group chat when we were fooling, we were just having fun. There, I, I distinctly remember writing something about Sparty and Killer Puck of the 67s, but now that I think about it, Ooh. I'm pretty sure that was just that was chat. No, no, I do believe that might have been a... I, I do have memories. I think that Killer Puck was like sort of a side piece um, in the ongoing Sparta Cat and Gritty saga. Um, and yeah, there was a thing with Belly as well, uh, the Belleville Senator's mascot. Of course, we wanted... Like we were just really fascinated with Gritty, so we wanted to pair up. Gritty was really in it, yeah. And, and I like, think Gritty was a little bit too much for Sparty. Like they broke up at one point, and so then they broke up. And then uh, what was his name? The Los Angeles. Oh yeah, there was a uh, was it Bailey? Yeah, I think it's Bailey. I think him and Bailey had a really sweet relationship. Um, that was very. I like, think that was, was while nurturing. This was while the NHL was like in lockdown. Right. Uh, yeah. 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 He had a thing with Bailey. Exactly. And Bailey and then during the bubble, sweet. he had a long distance relationship, mostly in the form of letters with mm-hmm. Hunter, uh, the Edmonton Oilers mascot, uh, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. kind of where we left off. So I thought, why don't we talk a little bit about how we think Spartacat's story might have continued after that? Okay. So um, I have a, a surprise. Uh, I alluded this before we started recording, but um, in honor of being on this podcast, I wrote a mascot minute. I knew it. That was my guess. <laughs> um, I, just for context, like during the pandemic, like Spotty was staying at his cottage, um, just hanging out, vibing. As Beata said, he was having a sort of long distance letter writing relationship. Um, and so I, <laughs> I wrote one. <laughs> for today um and it's you know summer he's he's back at his cottage so and i wrote a small <laughs> and it's not explicit so we're good i wrote a, i wrote a little mascot minute that i think is still in the tone of where we kind of left off um i will have to not look at the screen because i cannot see beata's face while i'm reading these i've learned this the hard way <clears throat> Okay. The truck slowly crunched up the path to Spartacat's cottage. Sparty stopped weeding his herb garden and brushed the dirt off his paws. A visitor? Here? The lion kept the location of his cottage secret to most. Only a few select friends and lovers were given the address. He liked to come here and unplug and relax. To get away from the iMessage Dorian incessantly sent from his iPad, asking the lion whether this player or that quote-unquote passed the vibe check. The UPS driver awkwardly shuffled out of his truck, trying hard to avoid Spartacat's overgrown wild roses that flanked the front door. Special delivery for Mr. Cat, he called. Sparty thanked him and grabbed the box, which smelled heavenly. There was no return address. He walked inside and plopped the box on his kitchen table, then used one of his talons to cut the tape and opened the parcel. Inside were a dozen saint Fiatau bagels, a bag of coffee, and a small cooler containing cream cheese and cheese curds. He smiled as he opened the note that had been tucked amongst the treasures. His eyes flitted to the signature. His hands began to tremble as he saw the name in messy handwriting. The name of a mascot who he didn't dare get too close to, knowing that their teams were dedicated rivals. The chemistry between them was palpable every time they were in the same building. When they locked eyes last season, he felt a bolt of electricity run from his head to his tail. 
He had been trying desperately not to think about it all, but on quiet nights, alone in his cottage, his mind occasionally. He took a deep breath and read the note, written in a manic scribble. <laughs> Je pense toujours à toi, mon beau lion. Bisous, yuppie. <laughs> that was beautiful thank you so much for sharing that poppy i i really did my best um i feel like uh i feel like i, f I felt like revisiting an old friend for sure i was getting flashbacks watching you struggle to get through that <laughs> it was for incredible reason, oh my gosh last name is cat was so funny to me. <laughs> Oh, God. oh, I love that you gave Spartacat an herb garden. I feel like that really fits his vibe. Yeah, he's growing catnip. Honestly. <laughs> 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 he, like, harvests it all and then, like, dries it for the fall so that he has something to do between games to take the edge off. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. You've really, like, there's a lot going on there. Um... Do you think that UP is the one for Spartacat? I have actually. So when when I was writing this, I was thinking about UP a lot and his weird vibes. Um, I do not think that this is a good coupling. We all know how the Spartacat, we don't know. The Spartacat gritty coupling eventually kind of failed because Spartacat needs stability and gritty is a like maniac. <laughs> and UP is like kind of the same, but like, I guess at least he's closer. Um, I do think that deep inside UP, there is a sensitive side, obviously. He sent him bagels. I hope you guys like that. I really, <laughs> I was really trying to put a lot of stuff in that. I loved um, it. But. It was beautiful. I loved the contents <laughs> of the care package. I thought like, cause it's like, as soon as you hear it, you're like, wait, do I know where this is going? And then like, obviously the payoff of like seeing who has delivered it. I thought it was very beautiful, thank you, thank like beautifully you. written. I, I, I really am, a, I'm a true writer. But I was thinking, I was thinking about mascots in general. And I think last year, the Canadians revealed Yopi's twin brother, Metal. Are you guys aware of this? Yeah. Okay. Well, so... a lot of people tagged the two of us, me and Poppy, in this. Yeah. Uh, because even years after the <laughs> yeah, podcast. Yeah, I don't think I've seen this. And people still tag us in every bit of mascot news, yeah. which, by the way, please keep doing that. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Please continue. It's so funny. Um, <laughs> so, Metal is, for those not in the know, which, you know, I, I get it, um, is basically the blue version of Yopi, although he has orange eyebrows, which I think is really funny. Um, and he he was unveiled with the Habs reverse retro um, jersey. So he kind of has that coloring. And his like backstory, I believe, is that he like walked out of his own daycare like as a child. That's why he's the long lost twin brother. And somebody said, that's so metal. And that's why his name is Metal. I don't know. Um, anyway, I have a feeling that Metal and Sparty Cat would maybe make a better coupling than Sparty mm. and Yuppie, but I think that Sparty will have to go through Yuppie to get to Metal. It's messy. Sure. Yeah, well, and the thing is, on the podcast, we obviously, on This Amount in Life, I mean, um, as any of our listeners would know, we put a lot of effort into the characterization of the mascots. And we kind of decided early on that the mascots would sort of take on the personalities of their teams, right? So Spartacat is, you know, a little bit 
unassuming, right? He's got a bit of a, like, you know, a bit of an underdog, a bit of an inferiority complex. Um, Gritty is obviously completely insane, but that's also Gritty has a little bit more, (laughs) you know, lore than other mascots. And so I feel like with UP, like, he must be kind of stuck up and just like generally thinks he's the best in the world. And I feel like that's not a good match with Sparty. I think, first of all, I think you're kind of a UP hater because you're a Habs hater. I mean, yes. <laughs> that is not my impression of UP <laughs> whatsoever. I, uh, for a while, like as a teen, lived in sort of the north of Quebec. And UP makes me think of like old guys who like worked at the sawmill. <laughs> Um, who were like maybe a little rough around the edges but like good you know like good sweet people um I feel I but like yeah I don't know like Yopi is so like he's kind of old right like he's been around for a while I do think he's a little crazier because he is from Montreal which is a more exciting city than um Ottawa uh but like yeah I don't know I'm kind of he's kind of an enigma to me like I said I have this projection of him I think but also the... I think many people would be offended at you equating people in the north of Quebec to people from Montreal I know I know and that's like my that's definitely real because like my experience in Quebec has been concentrated almost entirely in like the north of Quebec or when I lived in Gatineau and like I only have love for the Quebecois people but I also know that Montreal is such an outlier from those places um, that it doesn't really, like, make sense. So, yeah, I guess that is, like, kind of a problematic take. Yeah. Maybe UP is, like, totally not that vibe. Like, maybe UP is, like, um, I don't know, like, kids. I think he contains multitudes, you. you know? Yeah, he definitely does contain multitudes. It's hard to figure so, out yeah. as a character. Yeah. Um. Erickson's Burnett, I would be so fascinated to hear from you if you have, like, a mascot in mind where you're like, this is obviously, like, the perfect match for Spartacat. Oh my gosh, I honestly, hmm, I think this is just, I just love this mascot, so I think I'm just gonna say him. I think Nash from Nashville Mm -hmm. is just, like, like, I think that Spartacat just deserves, like, a hottie. So, like, I think that that's the best pair. We were going to talk about, so part of our plan for this episode was we were going to talk about which mascots we ship with each other. And I couldn't find a good ship for Nash. But I just want to say, out of all the mascots, it must be said, Nash fucks. (laughs) Nash gets around. No, Nash is, like, kind of a hottie. And I do, like, agree with you. Like, I think that... They would probably be a really good coupling. I'm trying to think. Like, I feel like Nash is, like, probably kind of, like, a gentleman. But also, like, a hottie. And maybe a little bit dumb. But, like, I just realized, you know, fine way. I I wonder, like, how the Kojiko signing affected Spartacat's relationship with Gritty. Because it already wasn't good. Like, you know, they split up for a good reason. I really wonder if, if, like if Gritty tried to reconnect over that or if that just, like, created more tension between them. Probably. Gritty is literally never leaving Spartacat alone. Like, actually, over the, like, last couple of years, I've started to view their relationship a little bit differently. And, like, I know that Gritty exists in this, like, chaotic environment and, like, his vibe is just, like, craziness. But he kind of did string Sparty along and, like, didn't tell him that he wanted to be Polly. And, like... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) 
this was all discussed on the smell like life. <laughs> um, like, and, and that is kind of the gritty vibe, right? Like he is like a creature of chaos. I don't think that he's a bad, I was going to say person. I don't think he's a bad mascot. Like I don't want to like attribute any kind of human uh, morality on him, but I do think that he kind of strung Spotty along. And he also like knew that Spotty was so in love with him and like constantly would like try to get back together again. You know, I feel like Carlton did that as well in a certain way, but that's because they're also like, there's always tension because they're enemies. For sure. I feel like the one mascot that I could see Gritty ending up with is the the new Seattle Kraken mascot. I think it's pronounced Bowie. Yeah. Um, yeah. They've been posting a lot of pictures together. I think they had a child together. I've seen a lot of right, posts I about them that. being like an iconic they them power couple. Which yeah. I can totally understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I do you totally remember? Yeah, do you remember that like a while back when like Suicide Squad came out? It was like the Joker and Harley Quinn, and it was like he was like she was his queen, <laughs> yes! and like <laughs> I think that's their vibe. What was it? And like, oh my god! And like, God help anyone who like or whatever who got between him and his queen, or like who disrespected yeah. him. So real. <laughs> No, you know what? That's definitely, now that I'm, like, thinking about it, yeah. And I also feel like maybe Boy is, like, just crazy enough that, like, they could keep Gritty on his toes and, like, Gritty would be able to settle down. Mm-hmm. Not that he has to. I mean, they can, like, keep, like, you know, sucking and fucking. But, like, um... <laughs> Um, I, I, I do think that they're, like, a really great pair-up, and, like, they're also kind of the younger, crazier mascots, you know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not quite true, because Gritty is not really young. He was just living in, like, whatever, like, the pit under the Pittsburgh Stadium for 20 years, or whatever the lore is, something like that. He was in the basement. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. Also, the Kraken went so crazy. Why did they not have their mascot be a Kraken? <laughs> Also, isn't the troll that the mascot is based on, like, some kind of anti-homeless architecture? Yeah, it like, what? they put it under an underpass yeah. to, like, make sure that homeless people wouldn't, like, sleep there, I believe, is what happened. Oh my god, I actually don't know much about the lore of this, like, random That's crazy. I just remember initially being disappointed that there were no tentacles because right because that was going to be such fodder for us although you know what okay, <laughs> what i realized recently when i was looking up nhl mascots to refresh my memory the detroit red wings literally have an octopus as a mascot and we never use that in the mascot minute okay here's the problem with the red wings though they don't actually literally have a mascot they just have freaks who throw like <laughs> actually like full offense to detroit for this because like i'm a I, I kind of hate the hockey team of Detroit, but I'm a city of Detroit. So true. Now. So like, do we. I think that that it seems pretty cool. Like, you know, a lot of cool people are from Detroit. Um, but what the fuck? Like, they don't actually have, like, a real mascot. They just throw dead octopi but, on the no, ice. No, Wikipedia says that they have a mascot called Al the Octopus. I need to see him. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know about him either. This is how irrelevant the, the Red Wings are. I know. Oh, I think that there is. Wait, it just looks like like inflatable oh, though. Yeah. Like it, I don't. Okay, no, it's yeah. not a mascot. Sorry. No, but you know what? That's fine. I still like hate that people throw like 
dead animals on the ice. Like, sorry, that's just like Marley, like abhorrent. Mm-hmm. But um, now that I'm looking at him, he's kind of like flexing. Wait, <laughs> he's actually kind of built. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we could have done so much with this. This is crazy. He would have been such a good like villain. He's like, I'm, I'm looking at this picture. He's like inflatable and he's like flexing his tentacles. And like he's wearing a jersey with like eight armholes, which is really funny. <laughs> Wait, no problem. Damn, to too bad the Red Wings are irrelevant and we never learned about this mascot during the mascot yeah. minute. Although maybe our old listeners are listening to this and going, oh, thank God they didn't know. Yeah, no, no, it's true. Like, it's probably, like, genuinely the most disgusting thing I've ever done with my brain is this exercise. But, like, listen, we all need things to do when we're young and broke, okay? <laughs> exactly. It was really fun explaining that podcast to people. Oh, my God. It was this so one's good. a lot easier, to be honest. <laughs> a few years ago, not a few years ago, a year or so ago, my neighbor revealed that he at some point listened to our podcast. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, please tell me this is a joke like i remember before we started the podcast i was um visiting family over christmas and i was explaining this podcast that we were going to start in the new year and like you know talking about the stuff that we had planned for the podcast including the mascot minute and my dad just goes you know i don't think i want to listen to that (laughs) i was like good good i don't want you to listen to my podcast no oh my god the worst was like my mom would be like people would be like, oh, you have a podcast? And I'd be like, yeah, and like, I don't know, we talk about like hockey culture and my mom would butt in immediately and be like, they write erotic mascots. <laughs> I was like, okay, it's not always erotic. We do it ironically, like it's a joke. <laughs> God, I'm sorry, okay? It was funny, people loved it. What can I say? It's really the lasting legacy of this American life. Yeah, that's really something. Okay, but like, okay, so I guess like we've already had Erickson Banner's favorite mascot is Nash. And I do like genuinely think that's such a like sick reply, TBH. Because <laughs> he is like cool. Like he's like a cool guy. Yeah, I like him. I'm like kind of like, I kind of like Sabretooth. Mm-hmm. We never really wrote anything about Was him. Was it Nash and Wait, who was it that Nash had like like posted some pictures with that implied that they were in a relationship like he, he posted a relationship reveal oh my god really Knox oh, has posted so. about it a few times <laughs> where's Knox when you need them <laughs> I can't remember I'm so sorry I'm bad at this no it's okay I'm literally on google images right now looking at Nash um and there's definitely some deviant art images so. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be clicking on that. I told you, Um, Nash Fox. Yeah, that's not the link that I want to be clicking. But (laughs) there is a really iconic picture from one of the All Stars weekends um, where Nash is on the red carpet and he's wearing hockey pants, but then he's wearing like a button down shirt and a blazer. (laughs) It's so good. I'm going to send it to you guys. It's really like, he's like stunting. He's posing. It's like (laughs) very good. Um... Yeah, I mean, I feel like my favorite mascot is is Spotcat. Like, it's so lame, but he just mm-hmm. is, like, my everything. I, don't really I like how that. he always looks a little, like, disheveled. Like, he always looks like <laughs> he just, Spotcat. like, found out that he had to be there. <laughs> like, the 
old spotted cat pictures are my favorite where he looked like really <laughs> unhinged also there's some like really funny like i can't remember whose book this was in but there's someone wrote about how like the original spotted cat like the first spotted cat was like illegally working in canada and he would like <laughs> take like a boat from the u.s or like drive over the border all the time and like <laughs> like i think he was like living in the u.s and like hadn't done his paperwork to work in canada i think that's such a like <laughs> funny and it was like you know quite a while ago i think that's such a funny legacy for him like he's really straightened out you know so i'm mm-hmm. um, i'm trying to send you guys this picture of nash um well anyways now that we have uh had our our little mascot minute um Mm -hmm. it was very iconic i love that you wrote fan fiction for us this is such a wonderful episode uh we did want to briefly touch on nhl news because there really has not been anything to talk about with the sins recently but there are like not enough for a full episode but a few little things that we want to touch on and the first thing is my heart is broken because Eric Carlson got traded again. <laughs> Did he get traded to the Penguins, though? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Kyle Dubas, once again, literally the biggest sense fan out there. He's like, just like me, so and I wish he wasn't. <laughs> like, I would never work for the Leafs or the Penguins. Yeah. In his position, it... I'd be like, yeah, and I'm, tra- and I'm, and I'm getting Eric Carlson. <laughs> I think he's kind of King vibes for that. I'm sorry still it's just sad he's gonna be closer to home now his home being ottawa of course he's, he literally lives here during the summer so it is his home yeah and it's just like ian mendez wrote a piece about this when the trade happens that carlson's legacy has been so tied to pittsburgh because obviously like the injury the matt cook incident happened against pittsburgh right and you know obviously that iconic playoff series happened against pittsburgh and it's just like uh pittsburgh has really been a big rival that we associate with Eric Carlson, you know, like that's kind of how the rivalry started. And I, I wrote in like five thoughts a while ago that I, I also just feel like there's an element of Pittsburgh is the place that always has so many great superstars and Ottawa has never really had any superstars except Eric Carlson. And it hurts that like, the one um, guy that we had. What about Alfie? Pittsburgh. Alfie was okay. Uh, I love Alfie. Shut up. I love Alfie. Literal Hall of Famer. Deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, but he was not like recognized league wide as like a superstar. He was not as like flashy and recognizable as Carlson was. Right. Like Carlson is the one time that we can be like, this guy is arguably one of the best players in the NHL. Right. Not arguably one of like definitely one of the best hockey players in the world right now and like you could argue that he was the best defenseman even like you know second or third best player in in the world right and you know everyone who wasn't a Sens fan when they would watch the Sens they'd be like oh we get to see Eric Carlson the same way that you know when the the Capitals no, come to town like, you're like oh, we get to we see get Alex to Ovechkin right I'm sorry we're <laughs> going for Derek Prasad <laughs> oh okay, okay. <laughs> I mean him too a little bit him too him too no, I, I get what you're saying, but, like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't here during the Alfie era, so I guess maybe it wasn't as iconic as it is to me because I'm obviously inevitably shaped by Ottawa and my perspective on, like, Ottawa hockey history. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I don't know. I think, okay, I'm going to, like, 
dive into something that like I don't know if people really remember this but do you guys remember when Obama was president and he had a hot speechwriter? no, no I don't. <laughs> oh my god this is so millennial of me to remember um but Obama used to have the speechwriter and then like at some point somebody interviewed the speechwriter and they were like oh my god Obama's sexy sexy speechwriter and like Kyle Dubas to me is that but for hockey <laughs> look like similar wait i'm gonna google obama's hot speechwriter and i'm like gonna look at a picture of him and i think that they look really similar you guys oh wait he's not even that hot <laughs> so, yeah. anyways um that was really sad to me I yeah i think it's sad that if the sale had gone faster maybe kyle dubas would be working for the sense and then he could have done the carlson trade this would never have happened under snoop dogg Exactly. Oh God, so it true. all goes back to that. Um, is his name pronounced Dubas? I've always called him Kyle Dubas. I honestly don't think I've ever heard anyone say his name. Like, <laughs> except like us. Like, I don't think I like... No, me neither. <laughs> do, you guys, yeah. do you guys think he listens to this podcast because he's like a huge sound Oh fan? yeah, obviously. Okay, I think he listens to us, but I don't think he listens to any other Sounds podcast. Like, he's such a big no. Sounds fan that he has to listen to us, but he's cool, so he doesn't listen to the other Sounds podcast. Yeah, exactly. No, I'll bet he listens real. to Welcome to Your Carlson Years. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, obviously, but it comes out, like, once every six months, so exactly. <laughs> that's not very hard. That doesn't I count bet, as listening to a podcast. I bet he listened to Ch- Chet and Luke, like, 100p. And mm-hmm. also, like, Kyle, if you're listening... I meant what I said about Obama's hot speech writer. I think I think you guys have a, like the same vibe, okay? He will remember because I think we're about the same age. He'll remember Obama's hot speech writer. Okay. I guess he's probably bit. God, I hope he's older than me because it would be really depressing if we were the same age and he had like the career he had. I think he's older <laughs> than you. Hold on. He's 37. Yeah. Oh my God, he's so much he's older, older than me. Okay, King. It's fine. Oof. Don't worry about I got it. Stand. I know, I got he just stand. looks so young. It's his youthful glow. <laughs> Kyle, hook me up with some free tickets when you're in town. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> so, moving on from a slightly iconic GM that we, we love and respect, despite his current allegiances, to a GM that we do not respect, because he's bad at his job. Uh, <laughs> the other bit of hockey news that we wanted to talk about is that, once again, Steve Eiserman did something stupid. <laughs> Wait, what did he even do again? He traded for Jack Petrie, thus reuniting oh, yeah. the iconic petrie Sherratt pairing. It's literally, like, the trade was so bad that, like, my memory just failed because it was, like, it short-circuited. But, yeah, that was so funny because, like, a bunch of Habs fans online were talking about, they were like, wow, I can't believe like he reunited Shra and Petrie. And like Red Wings fans were like, oh, how bad was it? And the only reply was ever bad. Like everyone was just like, it was bad, like bad, bad. So like, I'm looking forward to seeing that. From how they talk about it, I assume that it was their version of like CC for Neuf. You know, like you don't have to say... Oh. You don't have to give the stats. You don't have to describe it. You're just like, remember that pairing? And people are like, yeah, we remember it. Oh my God, what an iconic pairing in terms of absolute chaos. <laughs> is CC still playing on the NHL? He Not is. He's with the Oilers. Because Oily gives tweets about him all the time. Yeah. See, Apparently he like got better. 
I had a, allegedly. I had a conspiracy theory for a while that he was playing on all the like Suns enemy teams really poorly as a like inside. Like he's going into the organization and destroying it from the inside because he is a true Ottawa boy, but he's probably just like not a really good hockey player. <laughs> no, he did that for a little while and now he's like, eh, I'm going to try to have an actual career. So he's just kind of hanging fine. out. fine. The Oilers are fine. Who cares? <laughs> like, yeah. whatever. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I just remember CC FNAF pairing because I remember one of our friends, like every time he saw like Dion FNAF do anything, be like, Dion, (laughs) what the hell? I remember liking FNAF when he was in Ottawa because it was really iconic that he ended up actually becoming good when he was in Ottawa. Like, you know, good by 2017 Ottawa Senators defenseman standards, which was those standards were not high but like <laughs> he, was he wasn't that bad. no i'm a, i'm mostly a enough defender i mean obviously like i spend all of my like free time defending dark facade so i don't really have time to defend dion enough but like i think he's fine do you think that snoop dog would have given Derek brassard a contract uh yeah he would have vibe checked him and he would have been like this guy's fine I have a, like, this is, like, heartbreaking for me, but I I kind of get the vibe that Derek Brissett doesn't love playing in Ottawa. <laughs> no. He would not have come here on a professional tryout if he didn't love it. I mean, he's literally from Gatineau, right? Like, yeah. Maybe he was just mm-hmm. the closest. <laughs> no, I think he loves Ottawa. I think he loves you specifically. He knows that you're his that biggest true. fan in the world. And he needed to play for your favorite team, the Ottawa Senators. No, that's so real. Um, he listens to this American Life. Well, he listened to this American Life and now Elite Sun's brain. I'm getting confused um, about my podcast. Probably. <laughs> Once upon a time, there was a tweet where, like, somebody was driving by the CTC and, like, their kids, so Derek Brassad, like, driving out of the parking lot or something like that. And they, like, waved to him and he, like, had them pull over and pulled out his hockey sticks and, like, signed them Aww. for the kids and, like, took pictures. I, what I remember most about this is that he's wearing the funniest, like, just ugly slides. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's this cute pictures, but his dogs are out. Like, <laughs> they could have charged, they could have charged money for those photos. <laughs> like, <laughs> the dogs were on display, and he was just wearing, like, the funny, I called him the, like, um... I, I have a theory that every man, once they turn, like, 28, gets the same, like, black or gray, like, slides that always, like, kind of, like, look like they're 10 years old. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, he had those on. Anyway, he's a king. I hope you're listening, Derek. I love <laughs> you still. <laughs> I'm sure he is. In my head, all the players that I like listen and are big fans. Yeah, duh. I remember, like, last year, he played, like, a few games really well and everybody at the calling club was like huh Derek Brissett is really good right and everybody immediately was like pointing at me like yeah she's been saying this for years (laughs) (laughs) so anyways that's all that we had to discuss thank you Poppy so much for blessing this podcast with your presence it was wonderful to have you glad we could have this little you know, full circle moments. Talk about the Samelnik in life a little bit. Uh, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter still, despite <laughs> all my hate towards the platform. Uh, at Cool Cat Mum. That's Mum with a U. 
and that's pretty much it you can find my you can find our defunct <laughs> podcast twitter account at at the samelnikan life i think something like that unfortunately and i haven't checked that one in a while because i had to do a factory reset on my phone and so neither it, have i like i lo- it logged me out of the account so actually don't tweet us on that account but if yeah, you don't look at it, tweeters, but look at it. All it our most funny. recent tweets are all about mascots. <laughs> um, yeah, it might be it might be a fun blast from the past. Who knows? And you can find my also defunct band uh, on Instagram and Spotify at Instaligion. It's a good band. I have by a lot the of way. defunct. I have a lot of defunct projects. <laughs> you have so many hobbies. It's cool. Well, thank you so much for having me on. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for coming. It was such an honor. Before we go off, sorry, <laughs> Eric since Bennett, have you been to the automobile shop? No, I've only been to Kettleman's. Okay, like genuinely, I need to go. You need to go. It's Kettleman's is trash in comparison. I believe it. It's so good. The Bay Ridge breakfast is, it, is the best sandwich I've ever had in my life. Is it Montreal style still? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Because, like, I do not like a New York-style bagel no, at all. Job. I find it far too bready. No, yeah. it's so good. And, like, the sandwiches are, like, insane. But the Bayard breakfast is... Okay, I will definitely try it. And then I will... If Twitter is still there, I will tweet about <laughs> it on Circles. <laughs> that's, the best. that's the best. I love it, though. Um, so, anyways, you can find our podcast, uh, well, first of all, at Silver7, which is silver 7 Make sure to read that um our podcast is kind of hosted there we also have merch i would like to remind people it's really cool i've been drinking out of a silver seven water bottle throughout this podcast so if you hear that clunking sounds that's what it is um anyways you can also find us uh on twitter at elite sunsbrain and on tumblr at elite sunsbrain.tumblr.com i'm the one running that so send us an ask or whatever and i will reply to you uh my personal account on Twitter and also now Blue Sky is at C Beata E. You can follow me there. I am also at Erickson's Burner on Twitter and Blue Sky also now. Uh, if you can get an invite code, <laughs> it's really exclusive, guys. <laughs> so that's all we have. Go, sends, go. Go, sends, go. go Bye. Sends go.